Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The marvelous galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Hello, and welcome to the marvelous galaxy of Disney. My name's Sean, and I'm here with Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. And I like the Taskmaster. Wow, you're going to go there. I hope Chris gets mad at you when he listens to this. I'm here with Alan. Hi, I'm Alan. He sounds excited. <laughs> I'm back. He's back. So we have some news for you today. We're going to talk about two new Star Wars projects. We're going to talk about a major change at... Uh, Disney Parks, which we're thinking is going to come to Disneyland as well. We're going to talk about the Encanto trailer. We're going to talk Jungle Cruise previews at the park. We have our thoughts on Loki Episode 5, which had so much going on. Yes. And we saw Black Widow last night, opening day. Yeah, in 3D. In 3D. <laughs> I can't tell you how many stupid 3D jokes Alan made at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> he kept putting on his glasses and reaching out at me. Plus... I don't know last time you watched Lilo and Stitch on uh, Disney Plus, but they made a change on there too. We're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah! Wow! Wow! So many changes. So many things, and a classic Star Wars game gets a remake. Ooh! Ooh! Let's get into it. So first off, this actually, as always, this got dropped, of course, right after we recorded last week. So you may have already heard about this, but I still wanted to talk about it. We're getting a new show called Star Wars Visions. Ooh, what's that about? Have you seen a trailer for it yet? I have not. That's okay. That's why you have me. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a nine-episode animated show that comes out on September 22nd, 2021, the day after my sister's birthday. I'm sure there's some cult that has, like, <laughs> uh, end of days on her birthday, too. <laughs> If you pay attention to our other podcasts, uh, my mom and I both have cults that think our birthday is the end of days, so we're the most evil family. I already knew that. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, Star Wars Visions, I think, looks insanely cool because they are doing a mashup of Star Wars with Japanese animation. So, it's very, like, samurai-esque looking, but with lightsabers. Ooh, everything's cooler with lightsabers. Everything's cooler with <laughs> lightsabers. You, you heard it here first. Everything's cooler with lightsabers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, when they talk about the show, they said that they really wanted to give the creators a wide creative berth to explore all the imaginative potential of the Star Wars galaxy through the unique lens of anime. Yeah, I'm just, even though I haven't seen the trailer yet, I'm looking at some pictures or screen caps of uh, some of the scenes or animation, and it looks really cool. Like, just, I don't know, you just put a lightsaber there, and just, it makes things better. <laughs> it's funny how things go kind of in a loop, because George Lucas, when he created Star Wars, was very influenced by the Japanese director, mm-hmm. Akira Kurosawa. So it's funny that we're coming full circle from yeah. Star Wars back to Japanese culture. So, sorry if you had mentioned this, but it, is this like a brand new story, or is it like kind of re- bringing the Star Wars, current Star Wars story, into the world of anime? 
or do we know yet? Um, it looks like it's like standalone stories in the Star Wars universe. Gotcha. That's at least what I get from it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for this. It's yeah, it starts in September. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Your calendars. Mock your calendar. Also, in the world of Star Wars, I figure we'll just stick with Star Wars. Okay. There's another show that got announced. What? Star Wars Acolyte. Oh, yeah. I heard about that one. What did you hear about it? That is coming out. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. It's funny because the article talks about how um, she was very influenced by The Phantom Menace which she finds very funny because she knows everybody doesn't like The Phantom Menace. But the thing that really intrigued her is uh, that when it was revealed that Darth Maul is on the scene and that there's a Sith Lord, all the Jedi Council were basically like, oh, huh, Hmm. that's interesting. (laughs) Nobody was, like, alarmed by this news. So that's kind of what this whole world has been... um, Uh, made up around. This is by writer uh, Leslie Headland, and this is coming straight to Disney Plus, and it's really going to explore, I think it was about 100 years before Phantom Menace, so we should still have Yoda in it, being a spry old 800. (laughs) (laughs) In his prime. In his prime. (laughs) And yeah, it's going to focus on what they dealt with to get to the point where they're at, where they're all kind of, I guess... The Jedi Council seems kind of comfortable <laughs> in that first trilogy. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. They're kind of, like, bored-esque. They, like, <laughs> it's that job where you're just in meetings all day, and by the end yeah. you're like, God, I did nothing today. <laughs> so is this something that sounds intriguing? It's Star Wars, so yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also supposed to really focus on the fact that Qui-Gon basically came to the council and said, I found this boy who's going to bring balance to the galaxy, to the Force, and the whole council is like, meh. (laughs) I don't care because I'm part of my life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing that they're asking is, what kind of sandwiches do you order today? (laughs) So, yeah, I think this is um, a really cool idea, and I think it may actually add to The Phantom Menace. Yeah. You know what's funny is whenever I watch The Phantom Menace, I look at it, and I'm like, this movie's not as bad as I thought if they took out the Jar Jar moments. (laughs) Because it has, like, a decent story except for Jar Jar. If Jar Jar was better, it wouldn't be that bad of a movie. Well, did you know they're bringing Jar Jar into Acolyte? No, they're not. No, you're lying to me. I know you are. (laughs) He wasn't even born then. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's what's next, sir? Yeah, so uh, as we all know, July 4th just passed, and in one of our previous episodes, we talked about how Disney is bringing back fireworks uh, for July 4th. So the fireworks did come back at uh, the Disney parks, but (laughs) I guess to offset the amazingness of the fireworks (laughs) coming back, apparently there were some power outages at the park. So there were um, (laughs) some uh, pretty long wait times, uh, throughout the day because of it. Uh, so it was kind of unfortunate. So if you were there, basically, like, you, a lot of the big rides, too, like Big Thunder Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Winnie the Pooh, 
Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, and I believe it was a pretty hot day that day too. So that kind of sucks. Also, Rise of the Resistance, yes, Star Wars, <laughs> Indiana <Yes>. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so if you woke up at seven a.m. to get a boarding pass, I'm really sorry. I'm not. <laughs> no, I am. That sucks. And web slingers too at DCA. That's crazy. Yeah. Could you imagine like the uh, the information desk that day? Oh god, the complaints. Yeah. I wonder how many refunds or dates. Like, I know. Well, gave. that's the thing too, because everyone at the park paid the full day or did a park hopper. So it's not like you had an AP and yeah, you know, it's like oh, we'll just come back. So that really sucks. Yeah. Well, at least we weren't there that day. (laughs) I was at a pool party and you were in Vegas. Yes, I was at a state where there was a lot of power because it was really hot, so we needed air conditioning. (laughs) Speaking of really hot, here's a new story about Hugh Jackman. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, apparently, Hugh Jackman is teasing a return, or I guess a return to Wolverine, only he would be in the MCU. Hmm. So the news came out about this because on his social media, uh, Hugh Jackman posted a picture of him talking to Kevin Feige. And then the next day he put up a, another teaser of, it was like his, uh, hand clenched with his claws popped. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they're talking about what if Hugh Jackman comes back to the MCU as Wolverine, only he's, like, not connected to the other X-Men movies. Interesting. But, so is Hugh Jackman the one pushing to be in the MCU, or is it just, like, this might be a good idea <laughs> to do? Just because just I don't see Hugh Jackman being, like, this has to be an MCU character. Because he's just he, he's a celebrity, he doesn't care. Well, back around the time that I think it was when they did Logan, uh, he did make a comment that he would only play Wolverine again if it was in the MCU. Interesting. So is he pretty, like, yeah, is he a big Marvel fan? I don't know. Well, he has been pretty, like, open about his love of playing Wolverine and, like, mm-hmm. where he wants to see Wolverine go. So he takes it very seriously. I don't know how that translates to, like, his personal connection to X-Men or to Marvel, but yeah, yeah, he seems to want to do what's best for Wolverine and the fans. That's cool. I respect that a lot. I think I kind of have mixed feelings because, like, our casual moviegoer is going to make that jump with us that this is not Wolverine connected to Fox. Yeah, I don't know if... Yeah, like, the casual viewer, I don't think they're going to really... Put two and two together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, for us, we're all hopped up on the news and, like, the movies and everything, so we get it, but I don't know. Yeah. And do... We already got to see him play Wolverine a lot, so I don't know if I'm that connected to him doing it again. Yeah. I In, in the back of my head, I'm also thinking, like, aren't you tired? Yeah. <laughs> aren't you aren't tired? You tired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, because he's getting up there in age, and Wolverine's not supposed to age, but I feel yeah. like he was getting to those years where his age <laughs> is going to start to show. I mean, he looks good for his age. But well, yeah, he looks yeah. great, but I feel like once you hit, like, mid-50s to 60, that's when you start to see the changes. Yeah. You <laughs> can retire now. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not, like, really for or against it. I think I'd like to see a new actor have a chance, yeah. but, I mean, he did an amazing job as Wolverine, so. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, I guess. I know. 
All right, let's move on. <laughs> Tell us about Disney Premier Access. Yeah, so as y'all know, here at the Disneyland Resort, we don't have uh, fast passes. <laughs> um, but there were there is news at Disneyland Paris that they are bringing a program called Disney Premier Access, which is basically you pay an extra fee uh, to access their fast pass system, um, and I believe it's. You can, it's both like in person, like you go into like the kiosk and put your ticket in and they'll spit out a ticket for you as well as a, uh, a virtual one too, like the max pass that we used to have here at the Disneyland Resort. Um, so some people are saying that that might be a precursor to what they might bring to Disneyland Resort. Um, only time will tell, but... It is like, it kind of reminds me of how when Tokyo Disney canceled their annual pass program, some people were speculating that it would come to Disneyland as well, to Disneyland California as well, too, which it did. So I don't know. We'll see. What do you think about paying more money to do a uh, uh, fast pass, Sean? Mm, I don't like it. Yeah. But it is in line with what other parks do, like Universal and Magic Mountain. So I guess it's not like out of the question yeah but i like the way fast pass work like you're limited to if you do the free one you're limited but if you want to pay more you get more benefits i like that idea yeah yeah i i really like the max pass that we used to have here where you can pay extra um on your you know daily pass or on your annual pass um to to get that virtual you know queue system um but yeah i don't know like i i to me, I, I prefer the fast pass to be free, but at the same time, like it's open to everyone. So then, is the fast pass really useful? I mean, it is, but like, does it really help as much? So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in, in between. Um, but I also wouldn't mind paying for it if I had an annual pass <laughs> because I don't want to pay full price plus the forty dollars on top of that. It's just. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. So are you saying, like, you hope that they have an annual pass that includes it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like you. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So, and also on Disneyland Parks News, if you haven't heard, this also came out uh, early last week. Um, SoCal residents have the option to buy $83 tickets to the park right now. But. But. And it's a big but. Oh. Like my mom's. <laughs> oh. Uh, there's a catch. You have to buy a three day ticket yes. so it's $83 per day for the at the lowest three days yeah so you, could, you have to pay like roughly around a little under $300 um, I just love how they market it like $83 a day but you have to spend like yeah. $300 per person yeah I mean it is like when I think about my coworker, he went two days in a row so if he spent what we did he spent about 300 for mm-hmm. two days whereas this you would get an extra day on yeah. top of that and what's nice too is you don't have to go consecutively as long as you use your three days I think within the end of before the end of September I believe that's when the promo ends so, yeah, I mean, I wish I knew about this program, so I could have, because I actually already went three times. <laughs> so it would have been nice to just do that and save a little bit of money. Um, but at least they're, they're starting, you know, this is kind of another step into going into normalcy again, where we're, they're bringing back the SoCal resident uh, tickets. 
hopefully that means they'll start to bring back the AP program again um, or whatever program like legacy pass holder or um, whatever they're calling it uh, hopefully they just bring it back I want it back so bad yeah I want it back very bad very 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 bad I was trying to think of a transition and it didn't work Oh. Speaking when I was young and very bad, um, <laughs> I before I got really into console gaming, I had a few computer games, and I had my own little joystick that I would play them on. And one of the games I played all the time was Tie Fighter. Oh, have you heard of this? I have not. They had different ones. They had like X X Wing. They had Tie Fighter. They had another one that was really fun. I think it was called, like, Rebel Alliance or something like that. But in TIE Fighter, it's what it sounds like. You're in a TIE Fighter fighting the Rebels. And I would just sometimes get lost in space, like, forever trying to find, like, (laughs) where I was going. But it was a really fun game. Um, It actually reminds me a lot of Star Wars Squadrons, which we Mm -hmm. talked about on one of our episodes. That's what I was thinking when I was, like, bringing that up right now. Get out of my head, Charles. Anyway, they're (laughs) remaking it. So they're going to remake it with modern visuals. So I think that's going to be exciting. I'm definitely going to get it. I hope they make it in um, uh, virtual reality. And there's VR support as well. Oh, I just read that too. (laughs) And the original came out in 1994. So it's almost been, oh God, it's been almost 30 years. 25 years? 26 years? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. More than 20 years. More than 20 years. So, yeah. So, take a look out for that. And the sequel, X-Wing Alliance, came out in 1999. I think that's the one that I was thinking of. And I think um, they're looking at that right now to see if that one should get updated. Wow. Yes. Well, that's... I mean, that's good that they're bringing more Star Wars video games out. We can always use more. Yes. Maybe with some lightsabers, because lightsabers always make things cool. Anyway, we watched the first two episodes of Monsters at Work. Yes, we did. And it felt like we were at work. Wow. No, it was work <laughs> to watch these episodes. <laughs> no, I mean, it was it was cool to see like what happened after Monsters, Inc., where... Monsters, Inc. is more about laugh, like the laughter and, um, you know, versus scaring uh, kids now. So that was cool to see the aftermath of it. It it looks like they're still in a transition period in this uh, series. And they also introduced uh, a bunch of new characters as well, too. The main one being Tyler Longhorn. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) I think so, yeah. (laughs) I just like the way you said it. (laughs) Um... Listeners, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a secret. I didn't love the show. It's not a secret. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, f- uh, here, I want to put on my critic hat and be like a, a B-word critic right now. For a show about making people laugh, it didn't make me laugh at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah, it had some laughs. Yeah. It just wasn't, like, super funny, and, like, it didn't have that magic that the two movies had for me. Yeah. And, I mean, I think a lot of the comedy from it and hijinks is probably more appealing to kids versus, like, 
adult Disney fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and I, I, I thought it was like I, I love how they were all they brought back basically all the old characters, even Roz for a little bit, who basically switched out for her sister Rose, who, Rose, who has the exact same voice. <laughs> it's like that time that Little Mermaid two featured Ursula's sister, who's skinny yeah. and has the exact same voice as Ursula. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was interesting, but I don't know. I am kind of curious to see how it goes because. The confusing thing to me was that when they brought in Tyler, he was recruited because of his scare abilities, yet this is now a laughing, comedic type of job now. So it's like, you're great at scaring and you're awesome, but we're still going to recruit you even though we need, you know, jokesters to think of what they're they're called. I thought you were going to say pterodactyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I would keep watching it. I I do want to see where it goes, yeah. and I do like the monster world. I just wasn't super in it from those first two episodes. Yeah. Well, we'll keep you updated on our thoughts. Yes. 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 And then another Disney Plus show. Well, not really Disney Plus show, but a show movie on Disney Plus. What are you saying? We saw some changes. To Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Yeah. What happened there? So in Lilo and Stitch, if you remember, there's a part where Lilo is running around playing hide and seek with Stitch and she hides in the dryer. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Disney doesn't want to push bad practices on kids because it is dangerous to hide in the dryer. <laughs> so they turned the dryer into this I don't even know what it's supposed to be it's like it was a, like a table they turned it into like a table with like a pizza box door attached to it is that what it's supposed to be it's like brown with a pizza box yeah. door yeah but it happens to be next to the washer because that's what you do you put a pizza box <laughs> in your home I feel like Disney is like with this and other changes we've seen like with Slave 1 I feel like they're going overboard trying to like correct things yeah I don't know yeah I mean it's such a small detail to it and I'm like I haven't heard anyone complain about it yeah and it came out so long ago yeah in what like the early 2000s and there hasn't been any incident so like why is it a problem now yeah but, I mean, anything that helps with safety, I guess, will yeah. support. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, honestly, it does. It didn't really change the movie. No, it didn't. <laughs> so, it doesn't change the movie. Yeah. It's not like changing the name of a beloved ship from somebody's childhood. Who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> Dengar. <laughs> uh, speaking of... Uh, no, that doesn't work. Uh, there's a new trailer out for Encanto. Oh. Yeah. And did you like it? What is it? It's Just new- kidding. Wow. I watched the trailer. It's a new movie coming out in fall of this year. And it looks so cute. It's about a little... Um, where would you say it takes place? I think it was in... I don't know why I always think of like Colombia as where everyone, everything play, takes place in. But somewhere in, I think, Latin America. Yeah. It looks cute. It It's basically like a little town where everybody has powers, like um, shape-shifting, teleporting, all that kind of um, fantasy-type powers, not like shooting lasers out of your eyes uncontrollably. Um, except for one person in the village does not have powers. Yes. So she's different. 
Yeah. So, yeah, confirming that it is in Colombia. And, yeah, it's like one of those, I feel like we've seen these stories before where there's, you know, a family of supers and there's usually one that doesn't have powers, so they're just trying to find their way. Um, what I like about this is that it is going to be a musical movie, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is writing the music for it. Who's that? He wrote uh, Beauty and the Beast. Damn, wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he did In the Heights. In the Heights, Hamilton, um, and Moana as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really, I'm really excited to see it. I mean, the music in the background during the trailer sounds awesome, and it's just beautiful, very colorful. So I hope it does well, and I really want to see the theaters. You're beautiful and colorful. Oh. <laughs> You're talking to Harley, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so excited about this. Look for more on it. Um, we just got a teaser trailer that's all so far, but, yeah, it said fall 2021. So within the next few months. Yeah. We're already in July. Yeah. We're halfway through July. There's so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of time flying, oh, um, no. we're already talking about Halloween. Disney just announced, or Disneyland Resort just announced uh, the return of Halloween time as well as Oogie Boogie Bash. Um, yeah, so how, uh, <laughs> uh, So this is all going to start actually in September, which is, I guess, coming around the corner. But Two months. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, starting September 3rd um, and running through Halloween, October 31st, uh, we're going to have these two events uh, throughout that time period. I I will say, and I'm ashamed of it, that I haven't been to any of either events in the past. Uh, you know what's crazy is the first year they did Halloween time, they didn't advertise it well. And it no. was super cheap because nobody went. The park was empty. And I was dressed as the crow, and oh. we marched in the parade. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because anybody who had a costume could run out and march. And, like, yeah, we got on a lot of rides really quick. But the the drawback of going the first year is they didn't have, like, shows and stuff like that oh. yet. It was more just like, we're going to close the park off for trick-or-treating, <laughs> and you can go on rides. So, yeah, I haven't been since it's blown up because I know, like, when I was working at a past job as a supervisor, a lot of my um, team would be like, oh, I'm trying to get tickets for my kids. It's so expensive. They're all sold out. So I know it's like definitely blown up. Mm-hmm. But I'm super jelly of friend of the pod, Rachel, who went one year to Disney World and got to see the Sanderson sisters perform there at Ogie's Halloween Bash. Yeah, I mean, when I first like when it first came out, I thought it was just going, it was just like a trick or treat thing. So I was like, oh, okay, these are more for like kids. Like you don't get candy if you don't dress up, and you have to get a kid to dress up. Mm-hmm. Candy. <laughs> but I'm sure this is gonna be really popular this year. Coming out of hopefully we stay out of the pandemic, um, and you know everyone's gonna definitely want to do this because they miss Halloween. What's that? It's uh, when you put gifts under a tree and then you open them. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything you're thinking of dressing like for Halloween? Myself? I might be Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil 8 Village. Yeah, you told me that already. I'm telling you so the fans can hear. Do you want to keep our fans? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what if <laughs> we did? That takes us to the what if trailer. Oh. So they just put out a new trailer. I feel like they already kind of showed a lot of this in the first trailer. So this is more just a teaser to expanded trailer. But I'm still excited for the show. Yeah, and I got excited because I, I didn't see the teaser trailer. So oh. I, I thought this was a brand new trailer. So I didn't really know too much about it. Um, I didn't even know about like the animation. It looks really cool. Like, it reminds me a lot of... Um, into the Spider-Verse. I don't know if it's the same um, people that oh, yeah. did that, but yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, and officially, because I was confused for a while, because Agent Carter as Captain America in my game where it originated, um, Marvel Puzzle Quest, she's called Captain America, but she's British. So then something else that I saw her and they called her Captain Britain, but it, Captain Britain is already another character. Mm-hmm. So officially, in What If, they call her Captain Carter. So now that's what we can call her, Captain Carter. Captain Carter. So, yeah. So she's such a cool character. I can't wait to see the Captain Carter uh, episode where she got the super soldier serum instead of Steve. It expanded more on um, uh, T'Challa does, in fact, go to space and team up with, I forgot his name, Yondu. Mm -hmm. And then we also got to see uh, what if Tony Stark was saved from the exploding bomb which caused him to have his heart condition where the metal slowly getting closer to his heart which prompts him to make the iron man suit instead he's saved by killmonger of all people <laughs> played by michael b jordan oh the towel whoa it's not that kind of show <laughs> even though it kind of is at this point <laughs> um so yeah we had a lot going on and i'm i'm really excited about this show i think it's such a good idea especially it's coming out at the right time. Like, we're getting into the multiverse, you know, mm-hmm. fourth phase of the Marvel movies. So what better time to see what if? I think it's going to really cement for people kind of the idea of the multiverse and what could come out of the multiverse. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of, like, thinking if there's any relation to the Spider-Man, multi- like, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, because of the animation. Like, oh. I wonder if, because that kind of kind of sparked or started the whole thought or I guess in media anyways like introduced it to people um the multiverses if like there's any kind of relation to that I mean it's it was a Sony movie and this is an MCU but I don't know they're cousins it all meshes together Ah, it all goes (laughs) to the same place (laughs) did I say that to you once and you're like what are you talking about uh, I say that a lot to you Wow. (laughs) All right. Anyway, moving on. Jungle Cruise had a a preview at Disneyland. Yeah, the Jungle Cruise ride. Um, So this was a really nice surprise to a lot of park goers because the Disneyland version of the Jungle Cruise, as we all know, it went under refurbishment. Um, It was slated to... uh, open July around July 16th so a lot of people were surprised to see it open and that they could ride it um I haven't seen any of the spoilers yet because I want to go on the ride and be surprised by all the jokes that the skippers say um but I'm just that's really cool that like that already opened for us because I was a little jealous with Walt Disney World where they were just doing the refurbs while the ride was still going on um so we got 
ours, you know, sooner or completed sooner than the 16th. So I can't wait to write it. Yeah. Well, Sean's going to write it sooner than me because he's going on the 22nd. Yeah. And I plan to make that one of our focuses that day, ma'am. Sorry about the butt comment earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so hopefully uh, more on that soon. If everything goes well and I am able to write it, then I will definitely talk about it on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Want to talk about Loki? Not yet. Okay. Um, So I have a cover Disney for you. (laughs) And then just fair warning from here on out, after cover Disney, we're going to get straight into our spoiler-filled review of Loki. And then after that, we'll give you a warning when we're going to transition to our spoiler-filled review of Black Widow. So if you don't want any spoilers on either of those, or if you just want one or the other, we're getting into it now. Are the spoilers for Black Widow in 3D? (laughs) (laughs) So for today's cover, Disney, I actually chose a song that is a cover that was played in a Disney movie. So it's kind of backwards this time. It's not a cover of a Disney song. It's a cover that was put into a Disney movie. Okay. You lost me, but okay. Okay. (laughs) So this is a song by Malia J. This is her cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit, which featured in Black Widow. Yes, it was. Yeah. I like that. I like that scene and that song, the cover that they did. Yeah, it was a really good cover. I really liked it, which is why while watching the movie, I was like, that's my cover, Disney. It's happening. Oh, that's what you're whispering to yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's a sampling of Smells Like Teen Spirit as interpreted by Amalia J, and then we'll get into our spoilers. song one more time very awesome very good ear candy i needed that he's lying i didn't play it for him i and i put it into the episode <laughs> later <laughs> no i was i was listening in my head <laughs> that's what you were doing all right so loki episode five i'm gonna tell everybody a secret here i love this episode yeah it was amazing Anything I said last week about the Loki show, (laughs) I retract. I apologize because everything that has happened has led up to this most perfect episode. Like the Loki alligator? Shut up. (laughs) I couldn't tell what kind of reptile it was. He's not an iguana. He's an alligator. And from here on out, I will call him a locator. Stop. A locator. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... This episode, in a nutshell, it it was about uh, Loki has just been, what you call it? He's he was like incinerated. Yeah, like sent to. There's a word for it. I forgot what they say in the show, but he's incinerated. He's sent to the void at the end of time, where apparently we find out there's a rule that you can't destroy anything. It can only be placed somewhere. So they just throw everything in this. End of the world yeah. trash heap 
<laughs> so Sylvie is left to, um, you know, fight and learn about what happened to Loki and try to plan on how to get to him. Meanwhile, we see Loki with the other Lokis, the other variant Lokis, and we see uh, it's called Elias, which is a huge, cloudy, purple mm. monster thing that destroys anything that's living in this void of the end of the world. Yes. So, Loki has a plan. Let's go kill this big purple cloud. <laughs> so, he's taken to the lair of the variant Lokis where we see a lot of trash and garbage and it's in a bowling alley. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. I'll come back to, come back to that because there's something funny about the whole bowling thing. Okay. But, um... Yeah, he plans on going to just hit the big cloud over the head. Sylvie shows up at the end of time because she uh, phases herself. She's, she sepukus herself because <laughs> she knows she'll wake up where Loki is. And she teams up with Mobius, who is there as well because he's like a teleporter thingy to get there. And she runs into Loki and she's like... Pfft. You're going to try to kill a cloud? No, let's enchant it. Yes. So her and Loki go, and with the help of old Loki, they're able to enchant the cloud. It dissipates, and we see what looks strangely like a mansion that we saw a glimpse of in Ant-Man that looks a lot like Kang's house. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh. Maybe because I didn't see it twice. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, as I said before, there's so many Easter eggs. I'm not going to talk about every single one, but I jotted down a few to cover with you. Happy listeners, something to look out for, because I didn't even notice all these on my first watch. One of them, I don't even know how I missed it. I think because on my first watch, I was kind of like working and watching at the same time. Mm. But yeah, I watched it again and caught a lot more. But the very first thing is I noticed the title of this episode is Journey into Mystery. Is that related to some sort of title? Of well, in 1952, Journey into Mystery number 85 released, mm -hmm. which is the first time we saw Marvel's Loki in a comic book. Interesting. And Thor also debuted in Journey into Mystery, I believe, the month before in number 84. Wow. So, yeah, that was a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. Should I start with, did you like the episode? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I did mention that, you know, I thought this was an amazing episode. So, yes. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, one thing that I didn't catch on my first viewing, which I looked for on my next one, which I think everybody needs to look for, this is the most random thing. There is a Thanos copter. Oh. When the Lokis get to the uh, bunker, mm -hmm. when they're going to go down into the bowling alley, there's a helicopter with Thanos written on the side, which is actually a... Um, Callback to this really cheesy comic where Thanos has his own helicopter. I'm showing it to Alan right now. Oh, and he's like half the size of the helicopter. Yeah, yeah he is. Um, it shows up in uh, Spidey Super Stories number 39 from March 1979. Mm -hmm. So this is around the time, too, that they gave Spider-Man his own uh Spider motorcycle or spider, <laughs> spider car, spider car. Okay, yeah, they were they were up on the vehicles back then. <laughs> but yeah, out of all things, they have that 
in the background. They also have a scene right after that when we're going transitioning from above ground to below ground where what I caught on my first watch is Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, is buried in the dirt, in the ground. But I don't know how I missed it because it's noisy right next to Mjolnir is Thor as a frog <laughs> caught in a jar oh. making noise trying to get out. And what's interesting to note is, uh, if you're a Marvel fan, you probably know of Throg, who is an alternate dimension Thor who is a frog called Throg. But this is not Throg himself. This is actually, because next to it, there's a little um, uh, note that says, I believe it was number 385. I'm trying to verify that as I'm talking. But I believe it was 385, which links back to a comic book where Loki actually turned Thor into a frog. So, so it's actually a Thor that has been turned into a frog. Yeah. Frog. Throg. Yeah, because Throg was born as a frog and yeah. has always been a frog. Okay. But this is a Thor that's been turned into a frog. So slightly different. So Throg is like a cis frog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Throg actually is pretty cool. Like, there's just a comic a few months ago where there's a really, I'm, it's too much to try to get into, but there's a really powerful uh, adversary who's like killing or stealing powers from different Thors, and Throg's able to hold him off where others fell to him. So it was pretty epic to see a frog like take on <laughs> this uber powerful Thor being. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, Ravana Renslayer, who is the black woman who's being held captive, mm. who's part of the TVA, who's more on Loki's side. She's like, dude, those were robots. I yeah. want to know who's in charge. I liked her. Yeah, she's a really cool character. She's actually from the comics as well. She's known for Kang the Conqueror. Oh, uh, pursuing her in a love interest sort of way. Oh, interesting. So she basically is like, she's not interested in him. She doesn't want to be with him. Who would it? I know. So that's uh, another of our connections to Kang. Another quick thing is if you look in the background, there's a Stark Tower, Stark Enterprises, but instead of saying Stark, it's, it has the name Q E N G. Kang Enterprises, <laughs> because somebody named Kang actually in one of the timelines purchased Stark Enterprises from Tony Stark and named it Kang Enterprises. How weird he ended up working for Kang the Conqueror. Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, there's a really quick shot of a huge yellow jacket helmet, almost like he's been beheaded or he turned big and then lost the helmet. Mm -hmm. If you remember yellow jacket, he's the villain from Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. Who stole the Ant-Man plans and made his own suit. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Eliath himself, the big purple cloud, is known in the comics. He actually... Um, was known to be holding Kang back from being able to go as far back in time as he wanted to because he was, like, kind of bogarting parts of the time verse. So I'm wondering if that's going to come into play now that they defeated him, if that's going to open up more realm for Kang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> it's just funny because that was that is a second to last episode so I'm just like there's all these things that they kind of like are teasing us with and I'm sure none of them or you know a lot of them aren't going to be addressed in this last episode but maybe there'll be a se- season two I'm just letting people know what to look for no, yeah <laughs> no I'm, yeah yes that's so. awesome <laughs> I'm just saying that like well because I was right about Loki um, being president to screw up time right <laughs> Yeah, and that totally happened. <laughs> that totally. Shut up. <laughs> so, Eliath appeared in Avengers, the Terminatrix Objective Number 1 in July of 1993. So, he's a fairly new... Well, I guess the 90s aren't new anymore, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's like 30 years old now. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, I mean, in, in the realm of comics, when we're talking about, like, Loki premiering in the 50s, yeah. he's fairly new. Uh... Just a few more to go through. One of the things that I thought was funny is I didn't know this. I didn't know this. This doesn't have to do with the comics, but there's a video game. Uh, what are they called? Like a arcade? Oh, like a like, like arcade machine. Like yeah. Uh, called I think it's pronounced Polybius. Polybius. Uh huh. Apparently, this is a game that came out in 1981, and there's a lot of, like, urban legends around this game, which is why it's really funny that it was in the show. People talk about, like, people who are playing the game would get obsessed with playing it. They think that people got hypnotized by the game. Some people report that men in black suits would come and, like, (laughs) take something out of the game, like it was stealing, like... thoughts or information so there's a lot of like urban legends and what's weird is this game got pulled quickly from all arcades but the reason it's funny it's in the show and some people speculate that it's part of the bowling alley because they had to pull the arcade and the rest of the alley out of the timeline because it was messing things up. So I thought that was really cute that that was in there. Interesting. Uh, The last thing I wanted to talk about is I saw kind of a uh, uh, somebody what's the word somebody's thoughts on where things may go because Kevin Feige said that Loki and WandaVision are both setting up Multiverse of Madness Mm -hmm. so somebody said well that's interesting because we've learned that nothing can be destroyed really it goes to the end of time Mm -hmm. so the fact that Wanda made her kids out of nothing and that all that uh, Westview disappeared Mm -hmm. if we're going by the rules set in Loki which I'm going to say this now I know they're they're slightly different because she made things out of nothing so it's not like the timeline split so it could be different there but the theory is that since the magic used in Loki is similar looking to the magic used in WandaVision if that rule applies to WandaVision and her magic that she couldn't delete things it just moved somewhere people are thinking the kids may be somewhere in the void and that this may be a setup to where she has to go to find her kids well I mean I guess that I mean, they didn't really explain it, but it seems like that's what she was doing in the post-credits, uh, the final episode. Yeah, it seemed that she was looking for them. Yeah. So uh, my question at that point was, like, is she going to go to an alternate reality? Is that, you know, is she going to the multiverse to find a form of her kids, or uh-huh. is she finding her same kids? So for me, this locks in. I think she's going to find her same kids that yeah. she made. With the help of Alligator Loki. 
Alalocagator. <laughs> so yeah, this this was such a big episode. And like I said, there's even more Easter eggs than what I pointed out. Those are just, I think, the, the fun ones. Mm-hmm. But there's even more callbacks. Like there's something from Guardians that shows up in the episode, which I did notice that one on my first watch. <laughs> so if you haven't watched this episode again, I think it's a good one to... Rewatch and see what you notice. Yeah, I think I'm gonna rewatch this after we record. No, we're going to Universal <laughs> Studios. That's not Disney. Oh, oh, we're pants partial <laughs> podcast. All right, so that brings us. Or did you have anything else to add to Loki? Nope, I enjoyed it. Do we have anywhere where we think episode six is going to go so I can be proven wrong? I have no idea because I don't want to make any predictions and be (laughs) proven wrong. Well, I think at this point, I think with all the links to Kang that have been set up, including that really looking like Kang's uh, mansion, (laughs) I think we're going to finally see Kang in this last episode. And I do think Elias... I think he partly was holding Kang back. I think that would be an interesting reason for, like, well, now that he's gone, there's nothing holding me back. So that's why Kang is going to be more of a threat from here on out. And then, like, five months down the line, we'll see a revised version of the finale. Oh, and my God. Like a shadow of Doctor Strange show up somewhere. It wasn't strange. <laughs> it was a lens flare. And then they'll, they'll move the dock from WandaVision into Loki. Maybe they'll change a locator, <laughs> a locator to an iguana. Oh, no. A loguana. Next. <laughs> All right. So our final part of the show today. No, we didn't talk about ah, Monsters at Work. We did talk about Monsters at Work. Yes, and we did. did not I didn't like it. it. <laughs> our final part of today, we are going to talk about our spoiler-filled review of Black Widow. Yes. Did you like the movie? I liked the movie. I enjoyed it. It was very women power, women fighting women. Um, and it's just good to see uh, Black Widow having her own story and just kind of seeing her background. I didn't know she had, I'm putting air quotes in here, but a sister, well, actually like a sister and the mom and dad too. So that was cool to see them in it. And I didn't even know she started or she was, as a young kid, she was in America. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree. I got what I wanted from this Black Widow movie. I really just want to see Black Widow being a badass so we get more understanding of where she came from. Here's the thing that I'm going to use to start my critique of the movie. When I first heard about the Black Widow movie, it was described by Marvel as this is going to be a fill-in for what happened to Black Widow between Civil War and Endgame, and it's going to explain why she's kind of um, like over it at the beginning of Endgame. Like sh- this was going to show like what she's been through and what she's been up to, and why she's kind of just okay with dying in Endgame. Mm. So from that standpoint, this movie did not do that for me. You're expecting some sort of like aha moment, like I'm good. <laughs> well, I'll explain it more in a little bit, but uh, to go through the movie, so it turns out uh, 
Natasha's background with the Red Room comes back to haunt her because it's found out that she did not destroy the Red Room where she was manipulated and coerced into being an assa assassin. That's my favorite word because you get to say ass two times in polite conversation. Wow. But um, she... <laughs> <laughs> she did not destroy the Red Room like she thought. Uh, she was programmed to be an assassin by the Red Room. She thought that she got her sister out of it. Not her real sister, but Yelena. So she's been living her life under this presumption, but then the Red Room comes back to haunt her because it still exists. And at the same time, Yelena uh, Belova who's another widow, finds out that there is a, a airborne cure that can deprogram people yeah. from this cult. Yes. Once upon a cult, every other Monday. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the taskmaster is set out in motion to get back the cure, and that's kind of what drives this movie. Yeah. I, after thinking about it more, I kind of wish they had, they showed Yelena, adult Yelena, more as a bad guy, like before she was cured, I guess, or like her memory got back. Because I wanted to see her, like, as a bad guy in a bit to kind of get that feel of how she was. Like, if she was, like, a kick-ass bad guy or, like, someone you just don't want to mess with. Because it kind of happened pretty fast. Like, you see her as an adult, she's chasing some random person, and then they just, like, put that potion in front of her face and, like, oh, she's she's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I, after we saw the movie and I was reflecting, like, I feel like this movie's, the story, I love the acting, by the way. The mm -hmm. acting by all the main characters was superb. I feel like Rachel Weiss, even though she didn't have a lot to do in the movie, a lot of lines, every time she said anything, she killed. Like, yeah. she was so funny. <laughs> I am obviously hurt right now. <laughs> um, the story for me is what suffered a little bit, and I still really like the movie, but when I thought to one scene in particular, when they're trying to break uh, Red Guardian out of prison, it was this big, long scene of showing Red Guardian and showing Yelena shooting the, the mountain rocket into the mountains, which caused the... The like avalanche. avalanche. Yeah. And I'm, when I thought about it, I'm like, we didn't need that whole scene. No. Like, they could have just, like, teamed up with Red Guardian. So yeah. I think that echoes what I was thinking. I would have rather seen more Yelena, or I would have rather seen more with Melina, who is Rachel uh, Weiss's character. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like out of all of them, she was a really interesting character, and we didn't really get to see a lot of what she was up to and why she decided to defect as yeah. easily as she did. Like, they hinted at it. She hinted that, you know, I, I miss my life just living with all of you in America. But I think there were wasted opportunities in what action they showed us and what story they gave us. Yeah. But, yeah, it did kind of leave a lot of questions unasked. Um, and I don't think there's going to be a Black Widow part two. So <laughs> yeah, Scar uh, ScarJo just recently, uh, yesterday actually announced that she will not be returning as Black Widow to the MCU. Mm -hmm. So I mean that can always change. We always hear rumors, but she did say she's open to coming back to the MCU in other ways. She feels that there's lots of ways that she could come back. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking she's talking more about, like, a voice role or, like, you know, stuff like that. Like a throwback or, like, a... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe not physically playing Black Widow, but maybe voicing characters in other media or stuff like mm -hmm. that. But, yeah, she done. Yeah. 
But honestly, I love Yelena. <laughs> she was she's a funny character. She just seems very like blunt and just she says a lot of funny things, which she her character probably doesn't mean to be funny, but they're just hilarious. Yeah. Um, I feel like her and Molina like were the driving forces of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And even um, what's his name? The Red Man. Red Guardian. Red Guardian. Like he, the part when he thought he had a microphone in his ear and yeah. he was talking to um, Scarlett Joe or the Black Widow. Like, just there were a lot of funny moments. I didn't really expect this movie to be as funny um, as it was because it didn't really kind of come out that way during the trailers but obviously Marvel is great at doing that um, so yeah I was pleasantly surprised with, with all of that um, for sure yeah and just to get their names out there so Yelena Belova was played by I'm gonna probably say it wrong Florence Puge Pugh. P-U-G-H. Sure. And uh, Alexi was played, and that's Red Guardian, he was played by David Harbour, who we all know from Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. So I did expect it to be funny, um, and I wasn't disappointed. And you're right, um, Yelena, I think... I think Yelena, in my opinion, was the main takeaway where you're supposed to get from this movie. I feel like it was setting her up for the future of Marvel. Which... No, she's not a witch. No. <laughs> Which they did in the post credit scene of the movie. Yeah. So before we talk about that, should mm-hmm. we talk about the uh, Taskmaster in the room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Marvel made a choice. <laughs> so, again, if you haven't seen it yet, this is a huge spoiler, but we find out Taskmaster, who in the comics is Tony Masters, who is a man, <laughs> who... Uh, has received powers through uh, serum and experimentation to mimic any moves that he sees and retain those moves. We find out in the movie that Taskmaster's a girl. And Taskmaster is being uh, controlled just like the other girls from the Red Room. Yeah. And she's the daughter of... What's his name? (laughs) The man. Uh, Drykov. Yeah. Which is the daughter or the the young girl that uh, Black Widow thought she had killed um, when she had destroyed the Red Room, or she thought she did. Yeah. Then, right? Yeah. So, I had some problems with this, and it's probably not what you think I'm going to say. <laughs> I actually, I'm not that mad that they turned Taskmaster into a woman. I think it fits the story. The story, I think, at its heart is about men subjugating women Mm -hmm. and women breaking free of that and owning their own path and creating their own path. So it fits for the story. Here's the first thing I didn't like about it. The Taskmaster outfit was made to look like a man. Yeah. So that's only to the benefit of us. There's no reason why it would be a manly-looking outfit in the movie. Yeah, because I was like, if she has, like, sorry, but, like, if she if she's, like... Yabos. Yeah, has those. Like, she's probably... Max says he likes your yabos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the chest area is very tight with this costume, so she has, if she has them, a lot of them, like, that must be really constraining <laughs> of her, for her. Would she have more than two? I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> if she's has... Yeah. I know if she has an ample bosom. There you go. That's right. It would not be comfortable in yeah. that outfit. Yeah. The other thing 
I didn't like about this reveal. And to me, this almost reaches the heights of X-Men Origins Wolverine Deadpool. Mm-hmm. It's that bad. <laughs> listeners, we need to find a name for our listeners. Um, listeners, <laughs> Taskmaster in the comics is a funny dude. Like, he's kind of that jerk that, like, people don't like working with because he's kind of sarcastic. He's kind of, like, mean. He's, he's like a drag queen in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> like, he even shared a comic with Deadpool because he's put on that level. You know, he's not quite as crazy as Deadpool, but the fact that they put Taskmaster in the movie and uh, she didn't have really any lines, no. it kind of, um, I don't know. I didn't like that aspect. Yeah. That would have been, I think that would have been cool if Taskmaster had some sort of voice. I mean, obviously it didn't it wouldn't have worked in the situation it was, but like just having like a villain that was that had some sort of charisma that <laughs> <laughs> would be cool. Yeah, I think it almost would have worked better for me if um if the daughter was real to be her and she wasn't under some sort of mind control. Like she just wanted revenge for like what happened to her. Yeah. So that way she could be more of like a voice and have a personality. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, am I happy we got to see Taskmaster in a movie? Yes. Was he cool? Was she cool? Yes. I feel like I'm talking about (laughs) gender identity. Um, She was very cool in the movie. I'm happy we got to see her show up, but I mean, I, it's kind of a missed opportunity in my... Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's probably more so a missed opportunity with the Marvel fans versus just, you know, the, the, the casual uh, Marvel movie watcher. Yeah. Um, and the reason I brought up my opinion of what the movie was said it was going to be compared to what it was is because I would have rewritten some things in the end. Because I feel like we were set up to see Natasha... F- grew up with this family, even though it was only about three years, like they lived as a family, like yeah. they're all that they had. Yeah. So they were very loving. And actually, um, my best friend, Stephanie came with us to see the movie and she brought up a really good point that like, she almost feels worse for Natasha for having to die in Endgame because she did have people. Yeah. So what I thought was going to happen and what I would have liked to have seen is, I think there should have been an after credit scene where Natasha goes to see her family and they disappear in the snap. So oh. now she has nothing and it makes a little more sense to me that she would be more okay with dying because now if I die at this point, I'm dying to bring back yeah. my family. Mm. The way it was put, like, I just kind of feel bad for her that she did have people out there. So she did die even though she had someone. Yeah. I mean, the other thought, too, is that maybe they kind of showed... Because in a way, like, her family was fighting and was separated, Mm -hmm. which is kind of how Civil War is, because that's her, like, second family. So maybe, like, just the thought of, like, okay, her putting her family together, she can try to do the same for her Avengers family. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's all I can go with, so I'll go with it, but mine's better. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so that was just my only thing is I feel like it could have been set up better if their goal was to make it more of an okay ending for her to die, then they didn't do that. But the rest of the movie is good. But that brings us to the after credit scene. Yeah. Well, first off, 
when so there's a scene <laughs> where they did some sort of like switcheroo on us where Black Widow oh, yeah. and uh, Melina. Melina they basically like wore or lack of a better word like wore each other's faces <laughs> uh, disguised Face as each other <laughs> um, but I was like wait does that mean that maybe the Black Widow that died wasn't really Black Widow <laughs> no the stone would know the stone oh, would know okay. Uh, it's just wishful thinking. Yeah. Because, like, there were some people that thought, like, okay, the Black Widow's going to answer, like, the, the Black Widow movie's going to answer her killing herself, and maybe she'll be brought, they'll, it'll answer, like, is she going to get brought back um, to the MCU? Um, well, obviously, people are still asking that, or else uh, ScarJo wouldn't have put out a statement yeah, to say, yeah. I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so jumping now to the post credit scene where we have Yelena. Um, go to the grave of Black Widow, um, to her sister, um, and just like pay her respects. She she whistled or she hummed something, right? I guess she that, whistled. She whistled. I I don't know if you saw me, but in the theater I was like clenching because I thought we would hear like a whistle, a whistle back. come back. Yeah, I was me like, too. Yeah, I was like, is she coming back? But no, that didn't happen. So we see. Um, Val, Valentina, Mm -hmm. who we first saw... Not the drag queen. (laughs) Not the drag queen. (laughs) Contessa Valentina. We technically first saw her in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, but this would have been the first timeline-wise we would have seen her. Mm -hmm. She shows up next to Yelena, and it's found out that she is paying Yelena to kill Hawkeye, who is the man responsible for Black Widow's death. Yeah. Yeah, apparently um, she's been currently working under her um, because she was like, I'm not paying you to see your sister or something. Yeah. Take the time off. So she was apparently on the clock. Um, so yeah, I guess because what Sean had told me is that she is bringing together the Dark Avengers. So, Well, we don't know that for sure. It's been rumored that Dark Avengers are coming to Marvel, mm-hmm. but it makes sense to me that uh, the original Dark Avengers were like copycat heroes which we talked about in an earlier episode, but, like, for example, Wolverine's son, Dakin, put on an old Wolverine suit and look like Wolverine, mm-hmm. and Moonstone, who is a villain of Miss Marvel, who's now Captain Marvel, she put on an old Miss Marvel outfit and looked <laughs> like... So it was uh, Norman Osborn's way of being like, look, the heroes support me, and then the actual heroes who wore those outfits, they... Uh, because of the way everything was, they didn't really have a choice to like come out and say that ain't me without like exposing themselves. Yeah. So it makes sense that since Valentina has now approached Yelena Belova, who's a widow and U.S. agent, who's a look like Captain America, that she would be putting together her own Avengers team. Yeah. So that just helps solidify that story that it's probably going to come. Most mm-hmm. likely going to come to the MCU soon. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is going to be Dark Avengers. And I think what we would be looking at and why it's called Dark Avengers is because, at least with the Norman Osborn iteration, they're almost like Suicide Squad in a way, mm-hmm. where, like, to the public, they're heroes and they're doing good. But behind the scenes, like, Norman was giving them free reign to, like, be yourself, have fun. As long as the public (laughs) thinks you're good. Like, at the time, uh, Mac Gargan, who's Scorpion, had the Venom suit. So, basically, Norman was like, eat as many people as you want. I don't care. I just need you to slim down and look like you're Spider-Man in the Venom suit to the public. Wow. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think that's where we're going. I'm excited to see where that goes because I think, especially with Cap and, uh, well, Steve Rogers, I'll say, because we now have a new Cap. Mm-hmm. With Steve Rogers, Tony Stark, and Natasha Romanoff off the board, we don't really have those trusted political faces in Marvel anymore. So we're trusting to, like... Um, the new Captain America, Falcon Ascap, we're trusting to Bucky, who's like a known felon, <laughs> yeah. and we're trusting to what we're going to see is a lot of new faces coming into Marvel, especially with like Captain Marvel away in space. So I think, I think we're setting up this playing field where we're going to see who do we trust. You yeah. know what I mean? We're going to see the Dark Avengers acting good, and we're going to see these new heroes that people are like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it could be a really good look for Marvel. Yeah. And I guess it is, you mentioned earlier with Val showing the, the kind of saying like, oh, your next hit is going to be Hawkeye. That's kind of a great tie into the Hawkeye series that's coming out too. So maybe we'll see Elena in that. Yeah, that's the thought is that uh, we know Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, who also took on the, the role of Hawkeye while Hawkeye was Ronin, which he also appeared as Ronin in Endgame. People are thinking their show, Hawkeye, is going to feature Yelena, which mm. I think would, I think we'd all be okay with because yeah, she's so cool. I like her. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of had mixed feelings about her wanting to kill Hawkeye. I don't know. I need more information on that, I think. They're probably going to fall in love. <laughs> I don't know. There's been talk about phasing him out of the MCU because oh. of his personal life as an actor. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. They were even talking about phasing him out earlier but I think they're at least gonna do Hawkeye while allegations and everything are being settled yeah yeah I heard about that yeah Uh, all of that unfortunate stuff I know ah sorry ah sorry well that's everything we have for did we talk about monsters at work (laughs) (laughs) you really want to talk about something like that show huh so thank you for listening to us again. I hope you appreciated our take on the different shows and the different movies. Um, again, rewatch Loki. Let us know if there's anything else that you'd like us to talk about that we may not have talked on or missed. And uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can also email us at magichavicpro at gmail.com. Good old Gmail. Where else can people find us? Um, yeah, if you are into cults, you can also find myself, Sean, and Rachel on Once Upon a Cult, uh, where we talk about a cult every other Monday. Mm-hmm. And this week, we have a weird one. Uh, <laughs> Love has won. The leader was found mummified, so I would definitely check that out if, like Alan said, you're into cults. And then this week on Hanging with the Hollowells, where we talked about the original Charm show, we talk about Witch Wars, which is the almost last episode of season six. So join my friend Kevin and I. He's my charmed expert. I'm a charmed newbie watching for the first time. And we have a lot of fun on that show. Yeah, you guys seem to have a lot of fun. Yeah, fun. Uh, I'm not on it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.